Welcome to Golden Topics, which are personal discussions with a variety of professionals on critically important elder issues. Hi, my name is Mirit Hoffman. I'm a mother of three, a gerontologist, and an attorney specializing in elder law. My focus is helping senior citizens to stay in control when they reach significant junctions in their lives. I am a member of STEP, which is a global society of trust and estate practitioners. I lecture on estate planning, and I write on various sites about the relationship between children and their elderly parents and the daily needs of the intergenerational family. These podcasts are personal discussions with a variety of professionals and are intended for anyone who is interested in being enriched with knowledgeable information regarding significant crossroads for seniors. Let's get started. I hope you enjoy it. And today we're going to be talking to Ilana Sinclair, who's the founder of Capture Your Story. So first of all, thank you very much, Ilana, for being here. And it's really my my pleasure. And um, please introduce yourself. Okay, so yes, as Miri mentioned, um, I am Ilana Sinclair. I uh, founded um, a boutique memoir writing agency called Capture Your Story about three years ago. And now we have grown, we are now four writers together writing people's life stories and one graphic designer who is incredibly talented and she turns those stories into really beautiful uh, coffee table books that you want to look at and that your children and grandchildren will want to look at. Um, and flip through, maybe read it cover to cover, but still pick it up another time and just, you know, read a little chapter or look at some photos um, and feel a connection to you and to your family and to your family history. That sounds really beautiful. But let's start with the basics. Why is it important to record your story? So I think there are many reasons why it's important. Um, I think now, uh, for your own sake, to tell your story can be very cathartic, can be very uh, healthy in terms of revisiting, you know, looking at your life from the beginning until now and understanding what you've uh, accomplished, what you've overcome, um, revisiting happy memories and also difficult memories, but but understanding how you've grown from them, how they've shaped you into who you are. So revisiting your own life story can be really important. Also, for people who feel sometimes isolated or or lonely, a lot of older adults often do feel that they don't have as much social interaction as they used to. Um, having somebody take an interest in you and asking you about yourself and having a curiosity about what you've lived through um, and who you are can be very helpful for your own mental health also. I've seen that many times um, that clients, uh, you know, feel that the process was they enjoyed it. They, they, it was really meaningful for them. I hear so many wonderful things about how much they enjoyed the interview process and how they almost don't want the interviews to end when we come to the, the end of that portion of creating the books. So the, first of all, the books are just for your own sake. It's wonderful to do, but also there's the whole other part of telling your story to your children and to your grandchildren and to your future descendants who will, may never know you, but will get to know you by reading your story. So it's a way of having that connection through generations. And it's also a way of helping your children and grandchildren feel closer to you. They understand much more of who you are. You're not just grandma or Bubby. You are, uh, you know, a whole person who has lived through so much and who was, you know, their age. And it really helps 
I think grandchildren to look at their grandparents in a whole new light to understand what they've lived through and, you know, ways that they can connect and bond. And so it's, it, there's so many benefits to doing it. I think it's really nice. You know, I keep, I had, I had a um, conversation with one of my clients and she, she was, she was not in a great mood that day. And she sort of said something like, I never, I haven't accomplished anything in my life and look where I'm at now. I'm getting old and con. And I said, really tell me a little bit about it. And suddenly by telling me, and this was not writing a story, but just by telling me, she realized actually she did quite a few things and she should be proud of herself. Sometimes looking back helps you to think about looking forward because it gives you an empowerment feeling. No, absolutely. I, I had a client who, um, when I first started working with her, she told me, I don't have a story. I was just a housewife. That's the word she used. And her daughters were the ones who hired me to write her story. And yes, it's true that, you know, she spent a lot of her time at home raising her daughters and she was also a teacher. Um, but I mean, first of all, her, fa- her family history was fascinating where she came from and the decisions that she made were, were very different from the decisions that her mother had made. And she decided it was a very conscious decision to be home with her daughters. It was so important to her to, to raise them and have a close relationship. And her daughters ha- loved her and appreciated that so much. That's why they wanted this book written. And, uh, yes, I mean, there were a lot of the stories were about her with her daughters, but there were wonderful stories. And I think those are the stories that her grandchildren are going to love reading. And, and her daughters said that th- she is their role model. So you don't have to have done grandiose things to be a role model to somebody. It's more about, uh, you know, the fact that they felt loved and cared for and protected. And, you know, I I really can't think of anything better than that. So, yes, her book was really beautiful. And uh, in the end, I think she actually said, there's a quote that I I think I put on my website that she wrote. She said to me, uh, I didn't think I had a story to tell, but it turned out I did. (laughs) And she also realized it through the telling that she had lived through a lot. Her husband had passed away very unexpectedly and she had to be very strong. Um, and she was, even though, you know, she hadn't expected that to happen in her life. Things happen and it's really about how you respond to them. And that's what her daughters admired about her so much was her strength and her, so you know, her perseverance. Yeah. Very beautiful. Really nice. Okay. So, so, Okay, so we get why it's important, but is that something I can do myself? I mean, why can't I do it myself? You can do it yourself. And I actually encourage everybody to do it themselves. It's only if you feel that it's something that you won't end up getting around to doing, or you don't have the time, or you don't have the ability, you're not nearby that person, or whatever it is, then you can come to a professional memoir writer like me, but you don't need to. I really think that it's something that Every person can and should do it, but only if they won't, then then hire somebody. But start at the very beginning, um, you know, find some time where you can have a quiet moment with the person you love. And it doesn't have to be an hour like I do. I mean, it could be 10 minutes, but you can start off just by asking the person some very simple questions about their childhood, memories about their parents, their grandparents, if they know where their name came from. There are all kinds of interesting questions you can ask that will spark conversations. And, uh, you know, recording the interviews is a great way to do it. Then you have the person's voice and you don't need to feel pressure. Like you don't have to be an accomplished writer to do this. You can record yourself telling this, your own story. Um, that's a good way to start. So I'm here. I, I always feel like I want to be a resource. So if anybody has questions or they need guidance about how to go about 
recording their own story or the story of somebody that they love, I'm please feel free to come to me. I'm it's my goal to get everybody to do this because once it's too late, those stories are gone and you can't ever go back so true. And, and get them back. So it's so just true. very important to do it while you can, while you have that person of sound mind and body, don't waste any time and do it. Um, I think it's so true. My grandmother who passed away, unfortunately, a few years ago, she was a Holocaust survivor. All my grandparents were Holocaust survivors. She never actually told her story. My mother went through this. She was doing this thing with Yad Vashem and she, one of her projects was to get my grandmother to tell her story. And because she actually forced her to tell her story, my mother wrote it in a booklet. And for years and years and years throughout my kids' childhood, I read them out every Yom HaShoah until mm-hmm. they knew it by heart. And when the kids went to Poland, they took bits and pieces from that story and read it out, you know, in Poland, standing in Auschwitz, where my grandmother was. It was a very powerful thing. And then they came back to tell her, you know, we were there. We stood right where you were and we told the story. And she was so emotional about it. I have chills, I have chills hearing that. And, and it wouldn't have happened if my grandmother wouldn't have told the story. We would never have known. So, so, so true. Two things you just said that stand out to me. One... For history's sake, it's important to have witnesses. It's important to tell what you've lived through because in the future, people will not know what it was like. The only way we can know is by hearing the testimonies of Holocaust survivors, what it was like to have lived through the Holocaust. So it's incredibly important, but also for your children, think about how much closer they feel or felt to your grandmother once they read her words, understood what she lived through, and then went and visited that place and could imagine it. If those stories weren't written down, they would, it's it's more of a general feeling like this is a terrible thing that happened, but not, this is a terrible thing that happened to my family, to my Absolutely. grandmother, you know. Absolutely. So um, it's really, I know some people say like, it's, it's very narcissistic to write my story or to tell my story. I actually disagree. I think it's, it's selfish not to tell your story because it's, it's something that your future generations need to know. And by withholding it, they'll never be able to have that understanding and that closeness and that connection with their family. It's it's really something that I think everybody almost owes to their children is to share who they are, share their story. Absolutely. You know, people, most of the population is very visual. And when you tell a story, you can actually sometimes when you're in a like like a book, when you're in a book, you can actually be in the book, you can see the things that people are writing. So it's the same thing. And when you visualize, you can internalize it much, much better. It's much better than just, you know, in a conversation where sometimes you're you're listening, sometimes you're not really listening this way, you're there. That's why I love a book over any other medium, because a book is something that First of all, you can really get engrossed in. You can sit and, I mean, I I don't know. I think today people have very short attention spans. You know, you watch like a 30-second clip. You're not watching, you know, hours of testimony. But with a book, somehow we're still able to immerse ourselves in somebody's story. But it's also the kind of thing that you can put down and pick up again and again, particularly when our books are filled with photos. So sometimes you'll look at the photos and sometimes you'll read the story and sometimes you'll do both. The story, the photos really bring the story to life. So if you're reading about a place or a person and then you see that photo there, you really understand this was a real person who lived through it, you know, and um, that's why we try to we try to include as many photos as as we can. Um, I don't limit people in terms of photos. I want as many photos as they have. I want to include and same with uh, documents, love letters, 
you know, uh, census records, ship manifests, anything that helps to bring their story to life, we like to include. That's beautiful. Okay, well, actually, that comes to my third question. What's important, actually, to include in your life story? So something I tell people is that you, your life story is whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be a therapy session. You don't have to divulge every detail of your life. It's only what you want people to know. So um, I encourage people to share as much as they are comfortable with and, and not to censor themselves. We can always later on edit out stories. So if somebody shares something and later they say, I'm not sure if I want to include that. I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or whatever it is. That is fine. We can edit it out. We make the books exactly how you want them. But um, but I do encourage people to share as much as they know, first of all, about their family history. And then also to share the memories that stand out to them as most important in their life. Um, you know, also the stories that are sort of formative for future generations. How did you meet your spouse? Obviously, that's an important story. Um, what was it like when you became a parent? Did you always want to be a parent? Um, you know, memories like that are really important to include. How did you decide on the career that you chose? Or is it was it something you always wanted to do? Did you fall into it? You know, these are interesting questions, I think, because these are things that we all grapple with. And it's kind of comforting to know that your parents and grandparents went through the same things. They struggled with the same challenges that we all struggle with. And to see how they, you know, how they survived, how they flourished in their lives can really be kind of like a, a guidepost to us about how to live our lives and how the difficult moments don't necessarily last and how we can, you know, use them as sort of an example to ourselves for our lives. For Absolutely. Also, maybe you can appreciate moment. them more, like when you hear about them and then how they turned out. Um, I, for me, at least, I feel like I could definitely appreciate my grandmother more because I know so much more about her. And she was such a, she, she was a, such a gentle, very put together person. You would not know that she carried with her all these painful, painful memories. She didn't take that with her. Um, right. So that, and I think it's, I hear that a lot. I think it's common that, uh, you know, the painful memories aren't ones that people really want to share necessarily, but they're important to share. They're right. important to know, you know, that they can, they can be inspiring for us today. Our, our grandparents didn't have it easy, but they set such a beautiful example so often of rebuilding, you know, how did they have that inner strength to start over if they lost family or had to leave their home? You know, these are very, very challenging circumstances and, to know how somebody survived those is is a gift. Even if it's a difficult thing to talk about, it's a gift to know those stories. And as you said, it makes you feel closer to her to know those things. Right. I actually have two questions that came up to mind. One is, do people put in like like women, let's say, do they have like recipes? Like this is my famous cake recipe or whatever, my hamantash and whatever. Yes, I love hearing those stories. Actually, I'm doing a book right now for a man who grew up in Morocco. He now lives in Israel, but he was just describing, I think it's called Dafina. He was describing what they ate on Shabbat. And he told the entire recipe from the beginning to end, and it's included in the book. And I think that's so wonderful also. It really brings his story to, to life. You know, you can really picture it. He described, um, you know, coming home from Shul and Shabbat and remembering they would all gather together and what they would eat. Uh, you know, he described also, he was telling us what they ate after Yom Kippur, it was a special thing that they would all eat and then they would all 
feel very tired and they would all <laughs> go to sleep. <laughs> but uh, but he really has recipes in his storytelling. He included the recipes. And so, of course, they're a part of his story. And, and I love including those. I think that is another way to connect with your family. It, when you cook a recipe that you know your grandmother made exactly the same way, you're feeling that connection to her. Absolutely. You know, even if she's not here. Absolutely. Although I have to say, my grandmother made my grandmother made these super complicated cakes, which none of us have the patience for. But they were like amazing. But we're not doing them. But yes. But I maybe definitely... one day, maybe somebody will be a baker, or somebody will actually absolutely. enjoy. Absolutely, no, absolutely. Those. I'm very You'll happy. You'll have those recipes. Yes, absolutely. I'm happy that my mother kept these recipes. You never know. Yes. My, my grandmother's recipes were not written down and they were like, you know, a pinch of this and a little of that. And it's impossible for me to recreate those. I don't know what that means. <laughs> and when I apply, they don't turn out the same way that she made them. Right. So yeah, if we can't write them down, I think it's wonderful to do that and include them. Really great. Oh, another question that came to mind is what happens if somebody says, you know, I had a really difficult childhood or my marriage to your, to the grand, to the grandfather, let's say was not so great. I don't want to shatter some, you know, some image of us in front of the grandchildren. What, what would you say to that? Okay. A few things. One, um, as I mentioned, I think it's important to tell the truth and it's important to tell both the, you know, wonderful, happy memories, but also the difficult ones. That's my feeling is that your children and grandchildren want to know those things and they will be grateful to hear you tell the, your truth. They'll feel closer to you and, you know, that will inspire them also to see how you have lived through difficult circumstances and you survived them. That's the first thing. Second, also I mentioned before, I think that you do not need to share anything that you're not comfortable with sharing. So, um, you know, if, if a, an interviewer asked, leave it alone. We're not pushing. We're not insisting. It's not a therapy session. I I hope they will feel comfortable sharing. And our, I mean, we pride ourselves on having very intimate, supportive interviews where, you know, our goal is for the client to always feel safe and to feel comfortable, but uh, they don't need to share anything they don't want to share. And we can always edit out later. Right. So um, I, I just don't think you need to worry about those things. Tell your story in the best way you're able to. And that's the most important thing. Just tell it. Okay. That's nice. What, so what is your process like of creating a life story? Okay. So we start off, uh, you know, first, usually the clients come to us um, already mostly interested in doing it and in, in, in creating a life story book. So we, we sit down with them and we have a conversation about their goals for the book and um, and then we kind of determine how many hours of interviews we'll need and we and we get started. So we interview our clients um, over Zoom like this. That way it, we started during the very beginning of COVID and it, this was the safest way to interact with our clients while protecting them and not exposing them or the writers to anything. And it, it's just worked beautifully. So we've continued that way. Um, we interviewed them over Zoom. And after we're done with all of the interview hours, we then take some time to write the story into a manuscript. So our goal is always to maintain the voice of the client. We're not rewriting it so it sounds like a different person. We want it to sound like the client is speaking directly to the reader. And you can imagine their voice. You can hear them and, it, you know, all of their mannerisms and all of their quirkiness come, should come through. 
after they've read it and approved it, you know, if there are any changes they wanted made, we make them. After that, then we take all of the photos and documents that they want included and the manuscript, and that goes to the graphic designer, and she turns it into a beautiful book. And um, that goes back to them. They get a proof of the book, and they get to look through it and make any changes that they want. And then we order as many copies of the book for them as they want. So really, the goal is for it to be very easy for the client. They just have to tell their story, and we do all the work, which is, as you asked before, anybody can do it, but it is a lot of work. It takes, I'd say, on an average, about four months for us to complete the book. But I think if you do it on your own, it could take a lot longer. Absolutely. Very hard. Very hard to do all of the writing and all of the design. It's totally doable. And I think everybody should find a way to either do it themselves or hire somebody. But it's certainly easier, if you can, to have a professional do the writing and the editing and the, you know, graphic design and all of that. Yeah, it's true. It does. If you're doing it on your own, for sure, it would take longer because yes. you don't have somebody that you're sort of, you know, committed to when you're talking to somebody and you're you're committed sort of thing. When it's on your own, you're less committed. So not exactly. today, maybe tomorrow, whatever. That is the thing. It's it's that peace of mind knowing it will be completed. If you hire somebody, it will get done. And that is a wonderful feeling because I had a client recently who said to me she felt that it was a burden lifted, that she had carried around, she was 80, she is 80, but her parents were Holocaust survivors. They had a very unusual story where they escaped from the Warsaw ghetto, a really amazing stories. But um, she carried around their stories her whole life and never wrote them down until she came to us now. And we're, we're almost done with her book now. Um, but yes, it's for her, she feels such an, a sense of elation that it's, she's done it. And she's done it beautifully and her children and grandchildren and, you know, please God, great grandchildren will know her parents' stories. They're really remarkable people. Okay, we're nearly to... the end. I don't know how you managed to do this in half, and like, it's like <laughs> half an hour, but I have, first of all, sum it up for me. And then also I'd like to hear, like, is there anything you would like to say to, to end this conversation, but sum it up for me. Who, who is it really for? These, so these this, this is for everybody. Everybody has a story to tell. And I think it's important that you tell it for yourself and for your children, and for your grandchildren and for your descendants who will feel a connection to you through your book, through your story. Um, and I just wanted to mention, because I know what you do is so important, um, that this I consider uh, telling your story to be something that should be a part of estate planning. When you're thinking about what you want to leave to your children, uh, I think I read this quote that I liked, you, can, you should leave your values, not just your valuables. And, uh, you know, it's equally as important as any other part of your estate planning. So I hope that your listeners will just take that to heart. And when they're putting their time and money into considering what, are the most important things to them to leave. This should be a part of it. Your story, you are so important to your family and they need to know you. And they need to know your values and your words of wisdom and all, all of the things you've learned, all of your reflections throughout your life. This is your chance to tell them. That's really beautiful. I really like that. It's part of estate planning. It's like leaving a legacy, which is not necessarily a monetary legacy. It's Absolutely. Sort of legacy, but a legacy, no, nonetheless. It is. it is. So that's beautiful. I really like that. 
Okay, well, with that beautiful positive note, um, we're going to end our conversation. So thank you very, very much again. Really, it was such a pleasure. So nice. Thank you for listening to another episode of Golden Topics. I hope you enjoyed it and that it provided you with important information. Do not forget to click and subscribe to Golden Topics so that you can stay updated on my upcoming podcasts. And of course, please share and invite family and friends to listen so that they can also benefit from the information discussed here. You are also welcome to visit my website, www.lawmirit.com, and to follow me on Facebook for more information regarding intergenerational estate planning and the various needs of the elderly population. I'm already waiting for you with my coffee in the next episode.